재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Time for International News Digest. We're going to start in the UK. Uh, some conflicting views about the relative merits of a hard Brexit versus a soft Brexit. Uh, there was a government report issued by the UK leaked on Tuesday that said a hard Brexit could cost the country up to $81 billion a year. However, despite that cost, uh, the president of the European Council said the U.S., the U.K. faces a stark choice of whether a hard Brexit or no Brexit. So clearly a line has been drawn in the sand. And to give us some analysis on this, very pleased to have joining us from London School of Economics, uh, lecturer in economics, Dr. Thomas Sampson. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us, sir. Uh, so we've had a little more than three months after uh, this uh, historic referendum where Britain decided to leave the uh, European Union. A lot of fears about these huge uh, economic effects. Uh, how is the UK economy performing overall right now? So far, it's been a bit of a mixed bag since the referendum. The worst fears of an immediate economic crash weren't realized. So the outcomes so far have been a little bit better than some people feared. But there's still a lot of uncertainty around right now about what the future might hold. And in particular, the substantial depreciation of the pound is starting to put, push up import prices, which is starting to have a negative effect on UK consumers. When we talk about a hard and soft landing in the economy, whether due to some policies, uh, I think people can wrap their heads around that. But uh, how do we define the terms a hard Brexit and soft Brexit? So the real question that the UK government faces is whether after it leaves the EU, it will stay in the European single market. So the, the single market is what allows the UK to trade freely with the EU And it's what also allows for free movement of labor between the UK and the EU. So it's possible to leave the European Union, but still stay in the single market. So that would be kind of what Norway currently does. Um, And that's what people would refer to as a soft Brexit. But if the UK makes a kind of a, a, a bigger break with the EU and also leaves the single market... Um, and renegotiate its trading relationship with the EU, that would be a, a harder Brexit, which would represent a much more dramatic shift in the UK's relations with the EU. So is it then uh, safe to say that uh, from an economic analysis that a soft Brexit would be uh, preferable for the UK's economy? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, economically speaking, a soft Brexit would mean Uh, much smaller increases in in trade barriers between the UK and the EU. Um, And it would mean that it was much easier for the UK firms to do business with the rest of Europe. It would mean uh, financial services firms based in the city of London could continue to have what are called passporting rights that allow them to sell their, to do business throughout uh, the EU. Whereas in the case of a hard Brexit, they would they would lose those rights. So economically speaking, it would definitely be better for the UK to, to follow a soft Brexit than a hard Brexit. Now, critics of, uh, I suppose, the entire movement itself, the UKIP and Nigel Farage and uh, figures like Boris Johnson, uh, they might say, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too, to use that old cliche. But uh, the original position of the, the, the Brexiteers, uh, uh, was it to 
stay in the single market or was it to have a complete break? It really depends who you listen to. It wasn't clear at the time we voted in June whether voting for Brexit meant uh, voting to leave the single market or not. And that's one of the difficulties the government faces. I mean, the vote has given them a mandate to leave the EU, but it hasn't sent a clear signal about whether the British people want to stay in the single market or not. So some of the more uh, hardcore Brexiteers, people like Nigel Farage, they're definitely in favour of a hard Brexit. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is you would need a hard Brexit to enable the UK to place new restrictions on migration from the EU and also to take control over some areas of economic policy uh, that are currently determined by the EU. So for political reasons, the government is currently signalling that it's more likely to, to follow a hard Brexit to enable it to kind of retake control over these areas. So when we talk about the current leadership and Theresa May, uh, the how would the negotiation process work out? It does appear, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the uh, European Union itself is prepared to take a harder line saying, look, clean break or no break at all. And I'm just wondering how the uh, current UK government plans to approach that. Yeah, we haven't really had a clear idea from the government yet of what their negotiation strategy will be. I mean, I think it's right that you know, when you think about how trade agreements work, they're really a bargaining process where if you want to get something from the other side, you have to give something in return. So what the UK government needs to decide is, you know, if it wants to pursue a hard Brexit and place controls over immigration, but at the same time, it wants still to be able to freely trade with Europe, what's it going to offer its European partners in return for access to the single market? And I think that's maybe the most important policy question facing the UK government at the moment. But it's one that so far, at least, they don't seem to have an answer to. And I think this is one of the reasons why we've seen continued falls in the value of the pound Mm. this week. Markets are worried that a hard Brexit will mean that the UK loses access um, to the single market and potentially there are new tariffs on UK-EU trade, which would be a very bad economic outcome. What would be potentially some of the concessions that would be uh, would have to be given or potentially be given uh, if uh, the, UA, uh, the UK was adamant about uh, leaving the union, but at the same time maintaining that single market status? I mean, what we hear from European leaders is that if you want to remain part of the single market, you have to accept the four key freedoms that the single market is based on. And that's the free movement of goods, services, people, and capital within the single market. And the real key one there for the UK government is that the single market means free movement of people. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not something the UK is willing to accept at the moment. And I think that could be the sticking point in the negotiations. the way you foresee, as you say, it's very difficult right now to see how the uh, negotiation process will work out. And I suppose it is somewhat of a, a long term process where we have to look uh, uh, a year or so down the road. But uh, what do you think is or are some of the likely scenarios? Uh, is it possible that uh, a hard, hard Brexit is in the cards? Is it possible that you can um, try to negotiate some sort of status similar to Norway, as you've mentioned? Or is it possible that um, this referendum might, um, I suppose, maybe be put up again? 
Yeah, to some extent, I think all the options are still on the table at the moment. Um, the most likely option currently seems to be that the government is going to pursue a, a hard Brexit, but that we'll try and do that in tandem with negotiating some kind of limited free trade deal with the European Union. But if that attempt isn't successful, you could see kind of the extreme hard Brexit where the UK and the EU start to trade under World Trade Organization rules, which would mean that there would be tariffs on UK-EU trade and UK banks wouldn't be able to do business through Europe. I think the interesting question then would be, is that outcome acceptable to the UK people? And if that's the best deal mm. the government can get, does it have to come back with a, a second referendum on that deal? And would the UK still opt to leave the EU in those circumstances? Um, and it's really hard to know at, at, at the moment. I think there's, a, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and it's going to take several years to resolve this uncertainty. Uh, what is your outlook for the rest of 2016? Uh, you, you talked about the pound dropping. You imagine exports would be helped, but as you say, uh, import prices increasing. Um, with the final two months of the year, is the prognosis good or bad? Um, I think it's probably not disastrous, uh, but this is, I don't, these are going to be some difficult few years ahead for the UK economy. I mean, the drop in the value of the pound, as you say, will provide a, at least a short-term boost for exporters, so it's probably a good time to be an exporter in the UK economy right now. But for firms that rely on imported inputs and for consumers that buy imported goods, prices are going to go up, and that's going to reduce living standards in the UK. So I think... Difficult times ahead, but exactly how difficult they become is going to depend on the outcome of the negotiations. All right. Uh, we will leave it there. Dr. Sampson, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.